0: we need to remember that in the face of things we cannot control we have God who is larger than our limitations stronger than our power and we deliver those people we love into his hands For him to do with them what we cannot. And I look across this audience and I see answered prayers. I look and I see saddened hearts that are hopeful of the resurrection. And that God is bigger than our sorrows and our sadness. Pick your head up. Psalm 121. Unto the hills. Do I lift up mine eyes from when whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. Amen? Amen? You need to hear that. Now, for all of you who are who are my younger friends, it has been three weeks. I've left it in the bulletin. I have yet to have anybody come to me and tell me the twelve apostles, so I'm gonna make this easy for you. It's a little song. Okay? It's a little song. Are you ready for me? You can you do this? You can draw from my prize bucket, okay? Jesus called them one by one, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Then came Thomas, Philip, too, Matthew, and Bartholomew. James, the one they called the less, Simon, also Thaddeus, the twelfth apostle Judas made. Jesus was by him betrayed. Yes, Jesus called them. Yes, Jesus called them. Yes, Jesus called them And they, they all followed him Now you know it See, all you gotta do is practice the song Come sing me the song And we'll go forward I just want you to know who the twelve apostles were That's good. And if Miss Faith can sing that song Anybody, you know, can remember Because she was the one who taught my girls okay? So, thank you Miss Faith for singing with me I appreciate that Great How far is it You know you need to get your Alright How far is it from where you are, where you live, your house, how far is it to the Dairy Queen? Think about that for a moment. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, first of all, you're going to tell me, see, out here he lives in the garden. Right? How far is it from where you live to the Dairy Queen? Well, your question is, since you live in the garden, which one? I want to see more <laughs> one and all, right? It's about half to happen, half happen- of either way, right? So Alan would want to know which Dairy Queen, okay? So what if I were to say the Dairy Queen in uh, Lake Worth? Everybody know where Lake Worth is? Down, down Okay, everybody know where that is? Okay. How far is it from where you live to the Dairy Queen in Lake Worth? And the answer to that question is depends on where you are. I mean, from here, it's roughly 90-something-some-odd miles. You can GPS that thing you people who are on your phone right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can do that you know, roughly about 9 miles. However, if you're in Jacksboro, okay, that's that's going to be about what's what's 40 minus 90 is about 50 miles. Okay. If you live in Hazel, it's about, I don't know what, 15 miles, 20 miles maybe, okay? If you live in Lake Worth, it might be three blocks. All right. The point I'm trying to make is a lot of times we are telling people a message we're telling people a message And uh, we are expecting them To understand That there are there's a long way to go Or there's a short way to go Or they're just right at it And don't realize it kind of thing When it comes to what we call the gospel The gospel the good news That Jesus Christ is our Savior I believe in the gospel, amen? Amen. amen? I believe it is the good news I believe that Jesus is God's Son I believe he came to this earth, that he died for our sins, and that means that we that implies, and I accept that we are all sinners. Why? Because if we weren't sinners, why did Jesus come to die? I mean, couldn't we have just kind of taken care of all that with an executive decision among the angels and just said, Look, you know, they can't help what they are, but you know we're going to take them to heaven anyway. That didn't happen. Why? Because God saw that we were sinners. God saw we had a need that we could not solve on our own. And so he said, I want to send my son to die for them so that they could be reunited with me. God does this on our behalf. Now, the idea is, now turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus talks. I like it when Jesus talks because there's no argument there. Okay? There's no argument when Jesus talks. When Jesus says something, we believe it. Amen? Amen? Okay. So, Jesus says, right before he is lifted up to go back into heaven, he says, I am the authority, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. All authority has been given to me both in heaven and on earth. I came, I did what my Father wanted me to do, now I am the authority. what I say goes. This is what he said. Alright? 28 verse 19 says, I want you to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What's the point there? The, the the one command Jesus says is go make disciples. We are in the disciple-making business. That's our job. Okay? You're here today because you believe that. You believe that we are here to, to nurture, to grow, to introduce, to help, to uh, teach, whatever it takes. Disciples. That's what he said to do. Make disciples of all the nations. Everybody out there. We're going to make disciples. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to baptize them. Yes. We're going to baptize them and we're going to teach them, he said. We're going to baptize them. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We're going to teach them because we're going to talk about that a little bit. But that's how we make disciples. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's what Jesus said to do. And he said, I'm going to be with you. That's what he says in verse 20. I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. In other words, till I come back to get you, to take you to heaven. He said, I want you to be doing this. And so we want to share that good news with people that we need. I appreciate you know, I appreciate that prayer that, that Donnie you know, As we go into the world this week, let's take this message with us. Everybody that we meet, let's tell them about Jesus. All right? Let's talk to them about, about becoming a disciple of Jesus, a follower. And that makes sense because that's what Jesus wants us to do. Parallel passage, Mark chapter 16. Jesus still talking. Mark's going to write it a little differently. He's going to write it this way in verses 15 and 16. He says, first of all, he says, And Jesus said to them, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Now, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to make disciples. He's already told us that. Now Jesus, same, same group, same idea, but Mark was told to, by the Holy Spirit of God to tell it this way. That means we preach the gospel. Oh, wait a minute. Isn't that that guy's job? Is okay. that my job? He was not tell just me. All right. He says, I want you to make disciples. How do you do that? you got to go tell them. you got to go tell them. Here you go. I, My sweet wife's out of town checking on her folks, uh, which means that I don't sleep well, so I watch infomercials. It seems to kind of help put me to sleep. Uh, um, but you all notice that, you know, there's all these infomercials, you know, all, all those off channels that you get, kind of thing. And you can get all these, you know, creams and pills and stuff that's supposed to make you more beautiful, kind of thing. I've decided that they don't make, you know, you, you watch those all night long, right? But the thing is, is that you're going to meet somebody sometime that says, you know what? I have got this book. You've got to read it. It tells you how to lose weight. Okay? I guarantee you somebody's going to walk up to me after church today and say, where's that book? <laughs> They won't hear anything else I've said, but they'll know that I have a book that tells you how to lose weight. All right? and why? Everybody wants to lose weight. I can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you, in chapter 5, is how to lose those unwanted wrinkles. Okay? i tell you what, I'm going to have three people walking. Can I see that book? Why? Because everybody wants to lose wrinkles. You know why? That's good news to some people. Losing weight and getting rid of wrinkles is good news to some people. And they want to know how you're going to do that. Because is there something I can take? Is there something I can do? Is there an exercise? Is there some place like a cream I can put on kind of thing? Whatever it is, I want it. Jesus says, if you're going to go into the world, you need to preach the gospel. Because it's not an infomercial about how to make life better here necessarily. It will but it's going to have you prepare. It's going to tell you how to prepare for eternity. And that's all that matters. I talked with some folks this, this last week. And I stepped in and, and this, this new mama, okay, she has four months old, twins. And I stepped in and I said, what are your worries? She said, well, i that other my, about my kids. I want them." I said, what do you want for them? I said, I want them to be healthy and I want them to be happy. And I said, you're going to be the most disappointed mama ever. She looked at me and she goes, what do you mean? I said, because your children are going to go from sickness to illness to sickness to illness to injury to tragedy to accident. I said, "All oh, they're alive. Am I not right? Mom was right to nod your head. Okay? You worry all the time about your children. You know, get out there getting hurt. Am I right? Okay? Getting sick, getting hurt. And then you pray that they are healthy. They're not going to be healthy. What you want to do is you want to pray that we get them through whatever they face. And then she said, Well, I want to pray that my children are happy. I said, Not really happy. I said, If they're a girl, they're never happy with their hair. If they're a boy, they're never happy with their muscles. I said, If they're married, they're never happy you know, with, with, with the, way, the way they are in that relationship because something always has to be going on, kind of thing. I said, When you stop and you think about it, is anybody ever truly just arrived at happiness? What you want to pray for is that through all the disappointments of life, we want to find the contentment with who we are, what we have, where we are. To do the best we can with what we're given. Am I right? I said, now, bottom line. What is it you want for your children? She looked at me and she said, well, you took away from me too. I cared about. I said, no, no. What is it? And she's a religious. I said, what is it that you care about? She goes, well, I want to go to heaven. There you go. That, that we can pray. Pray that God call our children, that our children call upon God, and pray that they are prepared to meet their Maker. Am I right? Isn't that why we're making disciples? And often it is that that we find that we begin at home with our children. Isn't it that way that that we do it and we introduce them, to, we introduce our Savior to our friends? Okay. Why? Because we want them to be with us in eternity. And we want to do that in a way that prepares them for when the judgment of God comes, and He comes to take us to wherever it is that He's prepared for us, He says in John 14, that we are ready to meet Him. And that what the doctor always says, you get your house in order and prepare to meet your God. Now, having said that, so what does He say? He says we want to preach the gospel of salvation. You remember last week I told you salvation comes from a Hebrew word called Yasha. Yasha means salvation. And Isaiah he says the salvation of God. The salvation of God. Yasha is the root from which we get the word Yeshua. Okay? Yashua is the Hebrew word that is translated Jesus in your Bible. Jesus is salvation. Get it? Okay? That makes sense. When people say, Are you saved? What I want to know is, is Jesus your salvation? That's what it talks about. Is to, have you heard the good news that Jesus is your salvation? That's what I want people to hear. Do you believe that? Throw it to Acts chapter 19 with me. So I'll show you something real quick. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, Paul arrives in Corinth. Okay. Or comes to Ephesus, I'm sorry. He comes to Ephesus and he found some disciples. Right. These are people who are following. Okay. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 19 and verse 2. And they said to him, no, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance. telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. That is in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'll stop there for a moment and explain something. We throw that word baptism around like it was, like it was not important. Right? A lot of people have been baptized. Some were, bat- some were say they were baptized when they were infants, some say they were baptized in disbelief, some say they were baptized in bad belief when they talk about all that. Well, what's the point? The point is, is that when you come to that idea, Paul asked them that says. Who's the focus of your salvation? And they said, well, God. We kind of go, oh, well, there you go. He said, but have you received God's presence, His Holy Spirit in your life? And they go, huh? What? They said, we were baptized because we were sorry for our sins. They said, so you don't know about Jesus? I said, no. I don't know about Jesus. Where is God's salvation? follow the word, Jesus is salvation, right? So if I don't believe in Jesus, then whatever baptism I was put through or did or whatever else, it's not in Jesus. If I wasn't, if I see what I'm talking about? If I didn't put my trust and my belief in Jesus, then whatever I call baptism in my life wasn't what God wanted for me. Because Jesus is salvation. So now, Jesus says, I want you to believe. I want you to believe. And what does believe mean? Everybody has a definition. Webster says, the Bible says, all these other things. What does believe mean? You go to the book of Acts. You go to the book of Acts, and you follow it all the way across there. And I'm going to tell you a lot of things that belief does. Believe repents of the wrong Here's the message. Believe confesses that I believe Jesus is the son of God. Believe uh, all these things. All these things come on to belief. Why? Because it motivates me to to want God to know that I recognize that Jesus is salvation. And he says, now you're going to be baptized. Galatians 3, verse 27. All of you have been baptized into Christ and put on Christ. Well, doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make sense that if I want God to know that I'm wrong. That I repent of my sin, which has caused the distance between the two of us, and I confess that Jesus is salvation, and I want, and I believe that He is the Son of God, and that that's the only way I'm going to get from here to heaven. You now, then, I believe I've heard that message. Then, yes, aren't I going? To, aren't I? that is not I? Boy, I just, oh, man, anyway, because, but the thing is that you know, aren't I going to want, to want to put that salvation on, like putting on this coat? I want to put it on. I want to be identified by it. I want the God to see me wearing Jesus. All right? So how far is it? What is it that we need to do in order to, for Jesus to be our salvation? Well, it depends on where you are. It's got kind of on the Dairy Queen of Lake Worth. Go with me to Acts, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. These people. Peter tells them, he says, you crucified Jesus. Two in verse 37, they say, then what shall we do? They didn't know. All they knew that they were believers. God was important to them. They didn't want to disappoint God. Realize that they had crucified God and they go, what shall we do? You may be here today. You may go, I didn't know all that. I didn't know all that. What shall I do? And Peter tells them, okay, here's the idea. You've heard the word. Now your belief is going to realize that you need to repent of the sin that you've done. And you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of that sin that has caused you to put Jesus on the cross. That makes sense, doesn't it? Get me from where I am to where God wants me to be. So that I then can have the gift of his presence, his Holy Spirit, he says in Acts 2 and verse 38. Now go with me to Acts chapter 8. Love this one. Love this one. You may be here today, and you may feel like you don't fit in. You're an outcast. You may feel like you're uh, single. You may feel like you are uh, sick. You may feel like you are damaged goods. In any respect, that you want to talk about that, there was a fellow in Acts chapter 8. He's called the Ethiopian. That's where he's from. Don't know his name. He was a treasure. He was a rich man. But those riches didn't stand in the way of him going to Jerusalem to, to pursue his faith. But when he got there, he paid for the trip to get him from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. It's about going from Los Angeles to New Jersey. Okay? Uh, and when, you, when he got there, everybody in his company, all the people who took care of his camels, his horses, all the people who were guarding him as they went and pitched the tents for him kind of thing, all those people could go into the temple, but he couldn't go. Because he was a eunuch Deuteronomy says No eunuch shall enter The temple of God But he believed Yes He did And he respected the fact That he believed and came to the God In whom he believed But God says you cannot come into my presence He's on his way home He's on his way home And he meets a fellow by the name of Philip Philip comes to him and says What are you reading? He said well I bought this scroll It's Isaiah I don't know what I'm reading He looked at him and he was reading Isaiah chapter 53 The suffering servant passage he says who is he talking about Himself or some other And it says that Philip began to preach unto him Jesus There you go So if he's preaching unto him Jesus He's preaching to him what? salvation. There you go. He's preaching to him salvation. All right? Interesting idea. When he gets into Isaiah, by the time he gets through 53, talking about Jesus, by the time he gets to Isaiah 56, because I'm taking it that they're moving right across there chronologically. When he gets to Isaiah 56, verses 5 and 6, guess what? God said let the eunuch no more you know, let the eunuch rejoice because I'm going to make a place for him in my house. What house? The house where God lives. The house you couldn't get into before, you can now come in. Why? Because of Jesus. And so this unit, who was down the road a bit, okay, this unit, here's some good news. I couldn't go in and now I am welcome. I was not somebody who was able to enter into God's presence. Now I can come into God's presence. And Peter's, and Philip says, I'm sorry, Philip says, do you believe? And he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Wouldn't you? Yeah. And, here, and Philip said, well, and, the, and the eunuch said, Well, here's water. What keeps me from being baptized? What keeps me from putting on this Jesus, this salvation you talk about, so that I can go to the presence of the God that I love? How far was he? That's how far. You may be here today, and you may be a stinker. You may be a stinker. Like old Saul. Acts chapter 9. Saul is so entrench. He had grown up believing. He had he had went to school. He had gone to school believing. He had grown up. His family was believing. He said, if you were to ask him, he said, Well I'm a part of this group because I am I have done all the steps. I am the Hebrew of Hebrews a Benjamin. Benjamin, I'm a Pharisee, a Pharisee. He said I am the top of my class, I am the I am the coupe de grace. I'm the all the Mold on the apple pie, kind of thing. He said, that's me, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change until he meets Jesus on the road. He falls down on his knees and the bright light that shines around him. And he says, Who are you? You may be a stinker and you may be set in your ways, you may have grown up in some kind of religion, church, whatever kind of thing. But I want to tell you something. You need to meet Jesus. You don't need to meet the tradition. You don't need to meet your your expectation of your family. You need to meet Jesus. Y'all know that shirt you buy at Walmart? Y'all need Jesus? I'm going to buy every one of them. Hopefully someday. Y'all need Jesus. Y'all don't need religion. Y'all don't need need a church building. Y'all need Jesus. You understand? Saul needed Jesus. And that's what he did. And so when you look at that. 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul says, I was a blasphemer, I was the chief of sinners, but thanks be to God that he extended his grace toward me. How many of you here in this audience this morning need to hear the grace of God? There you go. The rest of you, I don't know where you are. But I need to tell you something. You need the grace of God. You need to know that God's talking to your heart. But Acts chapter 10, quickly. Acts chapter 10 on Cornelius. He was a Roman. But he was a Gentile, which means he was a not-Jew. Okay? And it means he wasn't included in anything we've been talking about so far. But Peter comes and he preaches to him and he says, you know what? He and his household, they were believed they in Peter's words. And they were baptized, yes. And they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, yes. Because you know what? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 says Jesus came To take away the things that divide us. The things that divide us. Paul says, there in in Christ, there is neither male nor female, there is neither slave nor free, there's neither barbarian nor Scythian, which which means there's there's nothing that separates us from race, gender, nothing. So everybody is welcome before the cross of Christ. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, there's a jailer, and Paul's in jail. Oh, Paul's in jail and this earthquake happens and all the chains fall off and out they come and the jailer comes in and he says, I, whatever this is you've got going, he says, I, know. He says I, I "I, want to know what must I do to be saved? Question mark. And you may be here this morning and something has happened in your life that shakes it up. There may have been a death or a disappointment or a loss or, or whatever else. And something's shaking you up and you want to know, you know what? I need God. What must I do? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. He says he took him that night and washed his wounds. And he and his household were baptized. Now what do you notice It's the same about all of this. goes back to Mark 16, doesn't it? He that believes and is baptized shall be... They will be a part of Jesus. They will be a part of his salvation. Now, why do I tell you all that? Turn to Acts 22 and verse 16. This is where I will live. Acts 22 and verse 16. Paul's recounting that story before a grip of it. He says, you know what? I was on the road, light shined down. went into the town, kind of thing, and, and on that Ananias came and he tells him, he says, And why tarriest thou? King James sometimes he says, why tarriest thou Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I want to do something for you right there. There are three things that I see. He says, Arise, be baptized, and call on the name of the Lord. When you arise, when you arise as a person who is first the gospel, it means that you're answering God's call. When that gospel message goes out and you hear it, it says the Holy Spirit goes out there in John chapter 16 it convicts men of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You know you're not right. You know you're a sinner. You know you stand judged before God condemned. And that means that when you hear that message, you need to arise and take some action. You know that. You need to do something about your condition. He says, arise and be baptized. You embrace the grace of God. That repentance, that confession, all that leads up to the moment you embrace the grace of God. God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. He has taken the blood of Christ and applied it to your sins and washed them away so that you stand before Him in the presence of Christ, redeemed, atoned, sanctified. His purposes. And then he says, if we we don't spend a lot of time calling on the name of the Lord, same thing is used in Romans 10, same thing in Joel chapter 2. Calling on the name, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? Well, focus on the idea on the name. On the name. What do we call it? We call it on the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is our Salvation. salvation. We're calling, Acts 2 and verse 36 says, we're calling on Him as our Lord. Lord is the Hebrew word Adonai, meaning God. He is our God. He is the authority of our life. He is our Jesus. He is our salvation. And He is our Christ. It says in Acts 2 and verse 36, He is our Christ. He is the answer of all of God's plans and all of our needs. And all of our needs. We call upon the name of Jesus because there is salvation in no one else. How far is it? This where you are. Some people are here today and you need to know you're a stinker. You're you're so opposed to the ways of God that somehow you need Jesus and you know maybe you need Jesus and you need to answer that call. Maybe you're here today and you know that you grew up a certain way but, but maybe you need to examine that and say you know what I don't that's not as important as Jesus. That's what's important. And you may be here today and go, you know, all I need to do is just step forward, call on the name of the Lord, call upon God. I need to, and I need to voice my belief that I believe that He's the Son of God, and I need to step forward, and I need to know, I need to know that I'm embracing the grace of God. I need to put my Lord on in baptism, so that everybody knows. We'll get to so Everybody knows. That I belong to Jesus, I belong to His salvation, and I am a Christian child so of God. When I was a kid, there was one song that always haunted me. I guess I was maybe sixth, sixth grade, and as I came to understand that I needed to respond, I struggled with that, and I and I worked with that, and and I, and I resisted that. But there was this one song that the song leader kept leading. I don't know if he talked to my mom or whatever. He kept reading this same invitation song. It was called, only a step. Only a step. Come, for He bled for you and died. Only a step. How far is it for you? To the very Queen and Lake Lord? Who cares? How far is it to Jesus? Only a step. Only a step when we offer that invitation this morning. You would come to Jesus and know the salvation from God Himself. You'd come to the front and make your knee bones together.